Welcome. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show, hour number four. We're glad you're with us, as always. Certainly appreciate you being here. Our good buddy Mike Clemens, uh, always, by the way, brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel Green Bay. Bay Motel in Green Bay. They have, uh, they're clean, cozy, comfortable, quiet, just like home. Uh, but coming up this Friday, they're having a tailgate party, 11 to 5. Brats, hot dogs, hamburgers. They got that big backyard grill, beer, soda, mixed drinks, proceeds. Go to the new community shelter there in Green Bay. They have free parking and shuttles to the game against the Saints. That's the Bay Motel Family Restaurant as well, right there on Military Avenue in Green Bay, South Military Avenue, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Call them 920-494-3441 or go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Michael, how you doing, pal? Very good. Very good. Uh, just kind of going over some stats from Friday night's game. And, yeah, you know, Jordan Love didn't have to face Nick Bosa or Fred Warner or you know, Armstead, those guys, uh, or the defense didn't have to go against, you know, uh, Kittle. Uh, we got to say some, see some Trey Lance there for uh, about five or six downs or so, uh, at least passes. But, of course, the 49ers didn't have to face Aaron Rodgers and his first team as well. But, um, you know, I, I was disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed because, first of all, it's the 49ers. And to me, I think our fans, our listeners, pretty much find them as the number one rival, right? They've denied you a trip to the Super Bowl twice now in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it would have been nice just for that. I, you know, wins do not matter in the preseason, but I guess I just would have liked to seen, uh, you know, I give Jordan, I can't help but think it's a C-minus performance, even though he uh, he had more yardage than the 49ers offense. Of course, he kept giving them a short field. Uh, there were some good things that they liked. It's just kind of the same things we're seeing in practice where he gets them out of the huddle, he makes some adjustments, he makes some short passes, he makes a spectacular play every once in a while. But the picks bother me. And people are saying, well, again, those, those first two weren't really on him. Matt LaFleur defending that. But, you know, no, you can't measure up to Aaron Rodgers. You're not. The guy, that guy is a first bell Hall of Famer who uh, eventually figured out that I am not going to throw interceptions and I'm, there's only one or two or three receivers I'm going to, quote, trust. And sometimes you think that that was the bad way. Well, when you see another quarterback in there, then you say, see, maybe Rodgers is right in the way that if he's going to throw over 60%, 80% of the plays to a guy he trusts like Devontae Adams, maybe that's the way to – to do things in the NFL. I will look this up today. Rodgers never had more than three picks in a single game. That's happened to him four times in his 15 years of his 18-year career. Maybe that's he's got a pick or two in there, too, when he filled in for Brett. Uh, and the most interceptions he threw in a season was 13, and that was his first year, 2008, when he took over for Favre. Mm-hmm. I uh, I know that uh, like you said a lot of the, the first two picks are being deemed kind of not his fault. Uh, that last one, Mike, and I, I I said this before, his consistency in throwing the football. There was a couple of passes that they floated into nowhere, and nobody was around to pick it off. But they floated into nowhere, whether it was bad route running or what have you. But he did not throw the ball with consistent authority. Now that back shoulder pass that he threw to the rookie Danny Davis down the sideline that went for a touch. That was solid. That was a really good play. But, you know, finishing 13-24, to 24, 176 yards, a couple of or three interceptions, 
and, and had four carries in there as well. But when you started to really look at his footwork, at his base, all the things that everybody was praising, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But I expected more out of the quarterback play than what I actually got. Is that a fair way to assess it? Yeah. You know what? What's What's frustrating for me right at this moment is I can't explain it. And I'm trying to figure out if somebody else can explain it. Um, uh, you're talking about now the third pick to Amari Rogers. So I think it was single back, one tight end. He's got one guy, uh, I think it was Winfrey, at the bottom of the screen. He's got one guy wide and then wide left. And Amari Rogers is in the left slot. At the release of the ball, it looks like. You know, man coverage, I think. All those guys look like they had somebody. And this Womack guy who came up with a couple of big plays in the game and a couple of picks, he's taking the inside leverage on Amari Rogers. And Amari apparently is going to run some kind of a, not a slant, but a, a, you know, a, a skinny post over the middle. So he's taking that cut away from him. And then he turns and he's right there with him step for step. And and at the at the point where you 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 go frame by frame and say, okay, where are you looking? Where do you have mm-hmm. any other options? He didn't. Love didn't really have any other options. I don't know if you throw it away. I don't know if you tuck the ball and run. I, but that's the point. Is why doesn't this guy have any other options? What there's not a dunk off pass. He so you take it to the next frame, and now he's throwing it like. And then you say to yourself, whoa, what are you throwing to? What are you throwing to? Right. This, you know, Amari uh, Rogers is covered. The guy's got inside leverage. You're trying to throw it between the hash marks about 15 yards downfield. How do you think that Amari in three steps is going to beat this guy? And he didn't. He ended up throwing right to the corner, and he got the pick. And you know, and it and it it cost you another drive, and it ends up you know costing you points on the board in a preseason game. Mike, uh, you know, aside from the the quarterback aspect of things, Romeo Dubs uh, has shown his flashes and why uh, everybody has been raving about him in camp. He also showed that there is this ability at times to lose concentration and have a couple of drops, balls yanked away from you and things like that. Give me your thoughts on how some of the younger guys performed in this contest. I think, uh, you know, Dobbs is a guy that, that one guy that we have in every camp that can flash through camp and then, you know, ends up at the back of the line once the real football starts. And, and coaches will warn you and, you know, retired players will warn you, like, okay, and enjoy the Cinderella story while you can. But, you know, it's, they're not, you know, Jordy Nelson will tell you this over and over again. He'll start out returning kicks. He'll play some special teams, and then about seven or week seven or eight, if somebody gets hurt, maybe he'll get a couple snaps. And they've got that. Some people think, Bill, that Sammy Watkins is on the bubble here. I don't. I don't believe that. Now, Sammy's not actually had great days. There are some times where the ball touches his hand and he doesn't bring it in, and the next thing you know, the Packers defense has got another pick in. In practice that everybody's tweeting about but when they rested him the other night i thought oh no you know they consider him one of the top three guys and i'm sure maybe that's what rogers wants but we haven't seen we haven't seen him necessarily light the place on fire two and a half three weeks into training camp so i guess you'd like to see a little bit more progress you know in that department but you know a wide receiver you know when you go with the veterans with Cobb and Lazard and Watkins 
And then they talk a lot about Jawan Winfrey, at least Aaron Rodgers certainly does. And Dobbs has got a spot in there. And then it, then it gets to be a battle between Samari Torrey, the seventh-round pick, Danny Davis, um, making smart plays. Uh, that uh, that running back, it was at Baylor, who catches the ball over the middle from Danny Etling and runs, I think it was 68 yards. Really nice catch. Uh, and I, it's what he didn't do. Danny Davis from Wisconsin is down there, and he's kind of trying to help get in the way of defenders chasing after that running back that's, you know, headed for the end zone. And uh, and he actually pulls up his hands when you know, when his teammate, you know, carrying the ball runs past him so that he, he doesn't get any kind of an infraction or something like that. He's a really smart player. And at the very least, he's a guy that they can tuck under the practice squad. And who may who knows, maybe he'll be a really undersized possible slot receiver, you know, in the National Football League for the Packers or some team someday. So they look pretty good at that. At an offensive line, I kept watching that and knowing full well that they were with second and third team guys that they're up against from the 49ers. The pass protection, actually, every, every time I looked at the film, Bill, over the weekend, the first four or five drives, they looked pretty good. I mean, the pocket looked pretty clean. And I thought that Jordan Love had a good two to three seconds to get the ball off. He, he didn't have a lot of time, but he had enough time that the plays called for. He got the ball out when he should be getting it. There's a couple of times when they were up to the line on third and one in the first couple of drives, and they had, uh, let's see, was it Goodson was the first guy that they were running back, and then Patrick Taylor, mm-hmm. number 27, they brought him in, and they just got stuffed at the line. So I thought, okay, is that because the 49ers anticipate a running play and they got six, seven guys in the box? Is it bad blocking or what? And when I asked uh, LaFleur about it, he said, you know, or the runner picked the wrong hole. So... So there was some of that, too, because that, that's what forced a, a fourth and third. And then, you know, Love gets his big touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs and makes him look like, you know, the all-star we talked about. Uh, but, you know, that's where you want to see the change move. Third and one, can we get three yards with a running play? That part was disappointing as well. So, Mike, uh, defensively speaking, as much as we talk about the offense and their ability and Jordan Love, and we analyze the hell out of that, Give me your thoughts on the defense, because the defense had its moments to shine, albeit uh, there were a couple of instances in which, you know, specific guys got burned. Uh, You you know, you start to look at uh, Levitt. He ended up getting burned. He was a guy that was specifically brought in more so for special teams than anything, but at that safety position exposed some of that depth or lack thereof, right? Yeah, let's talk about this guy. That's Dallin Levitt, number six. He's a short guy, but supposed to have speed. He's another... Rich Bisaccia guy from the Raiders, and so it's a guy that Bisaccia is saying, hey, listen, backup safety, maybe a gunner on special teams, a smart kid, uh, you know, two, three years in the league, et cetera. And so then there was, a, there was a day or two of practices, was it last week, where the kid was out there, and, it's, you know, when Darnell Savage came up with the, with the hamstring, they put him back there next to Adrian Amos. And he, you know what? He, he had a couple of deflected passes. And he shows the speed, 5'10", 195 pounds out of Utah State. And so you're saying, oh, well, maybe they got Here's a guy that might be sparking. And they put him against the 49ers, and Gray just burns him. You know, he looks horrible down the left sideline with that first deep pass, misses a couple. Then he jacks up his shoulder. Apparently it's a significant injury. I mean, he could be, I don't know. 
done for several weeks or whatever. That's what we've been told. But he's, you know, so, you know, I'm looking for guys that are flashing. The good news about this defense is this. You know, we're talking to Kenny Clark. I guess he's still only 26 years old, but he's entering his seventh NFL season already. Oh, my God, does that make him feel old? Kenny Clark's in his seventh year. Rashawn Gary, who looks spectacular in practice, is entering his fourth season. you got Preston Smith in there. You bring in Jerron Reed from the Chiefs. He spent five years with the Seahawks and then last year with the Chiefs. You've got, all the, you've got a defensive front that's in its prime. An outside linebacker. The only new guy, of course, is Quay Walker. And I thought he looked okay in the game, but he's going to grow. So your, your, front, your defensive front, and even with a couple of backup guys like Ray Slayton coming back, there's a kid named Jack Heflin we just talked to. He's trying to make mm-hmm. the roster. Um, that's very strong. Then you've got this really solid defensive back system with Stokes, and, and you've got Rasul Douglas you know, playing the nickel, and you've got Jair Alexander. So you've got these two speedy corners and Jair and Stokes, and then you've got a tough, smart, always working, talking to Aaron Rodgers, Rasul Douglas. This guy is trying to be the leader. He's talking more. I mean, he, after he got that contract, man, they might really have something in Rasul Douglas, the way this guy's carrying himself. Then it drops off. If one of those guys right. gets hurt, I don't know who you put in there. This, this John Shamar Charles, short, you know, number 22 in his second year, he's, he's made a couple of plays in practice and, uh, and in the game the other night, but there's nobody you feel real good about the number four corner right now. And even after last week's game and so far in training camp, no one has stepped up at there. No one has really stepped up at out, backing up outside linebacker. Now you just tell me that Randy Ramsey has been released from the team after a year of a horrible ankle injury he suffered in camp last year and then got hurt again a week or two ago. Uh, and Nalila and Ladarius Hamilton, these are backup outside pass rushers. They're currently hurt. No one's flashing on that defense right now like that. Hey, real quick before I let you go, Mike, now, I had put this question to a lot of different people that said, you know, the outside linebacking position, is that outside linebacker as far as depth and backup, even on this roster right now? I ask you, do you feel like they are waiting for a cut-down day to go out and find somebody that may be better than what they have? They always, listen, yeah, they're always looking. They're always watching the boards. They just went through everybody else's preseason tape. They're trying to find teams that are deep at a position. You know, and if some they think there's some particular, maybe the maybe the Steelers behind T.J. Watt, they've got six outside linebackers, man. All those guys are going to be free, and they keep that on their mind, and they'll make that they'll make that they'll jump after that guy if he gets released, or they're looking to trade. You know, maybe they got something they're short at in Pittsburgh, and they would make a trade. That's the way it works. You know, we talk about this this time of year every year when they were kind of short of running back. And they traded with a team called the New York Giants that was deep at running back, and they got a guy named Ryan Grant out of it. That worked out pretty good. That worked mm-hmm. out pretty good. So, and I, Goodkins does that as well as anybody. I give you Devondre Campbell, and I give you Rasul Douglas. Uh, and should they? Will they? Uh, you know, yeah. If it's if the opportunity's there, I think they've got some some guys on the roster or draft picks they might want to give up. Uh, next year in, or, in order to address those positions to to get them up. I think they keep on waiting. To, they got, you know, they got joint practices starting tomorrow against the Saints. Then they play the Saints on Friday night. Then they go against the Chiefs. And they're hoping that maybe they can get two or three of these guys to flash. But so far, 
there's not many. We, I mean, I'm watching as close as I can, and I, I, I don't see it. I, but I, you know, as I told you last year, that Devondre Campbell thing, it wasn't until Rogers started talking about him once the season started that uh, no, I, you know, you guys didn't catch it, but I caught it with about two weeks. That, that guy that they got in the second tier playing inside linebacker, he should be a starter. That guy's all over mm-hmm. the field. So they're yeah. pretty good at uh, inside linebacker. I just talked to uh, Isaiah McDuffie, who I think is going to be their fourth inside linebacker. So he secured a position. So they're good at inside linebacker, but they need outside pass rushers. I guess they're still trying to, you know, replace Zadarius. And God forbid they're still looking for a Kevin King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, don't even remind me. Good stuff as always, Mike. Mike, appreciate it. We'll talk more as the week goes on, okay? Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. There you go. Mike Clemens, our own Mike Clemens, uh, the NFL insider, Packers insider and such. Always good to get him on the air. And he is, again, brought to you by our friends at uh, the Bay Motel Green Bay. They've got that big tailgate coming up on Friday. And uh, they're going to be running shuttles back and forth from the Bay Motel, which is about a mile away from Lambeau Field, over to Lambeau and back. So if you're looking to do something good for the community, the community shelter, going to be raising some money for that along the way. Good stuff from our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Again, baymotelgreenbay.com. That is Bay Motel greenbay.com uh time is uh, starting to dwindle we need your uh, participation if you could please help us out uh, and get signed up if you're a motorcycle rider if you know somebody who is uh, i can't plead with you enough please help us out it's our 15th annual poker run benefiting fisher house wisconsin and it comes up sunday september 4th please spread the word we're gonna have a great time got some really cool stops along the way but we all know that this thing is growing each and every year. This year, we're trying to break our record of 767 bikes. We'd like to push 800 this year. It's a huge ride. After you get through that first initial ride portion of it with uh, the Escort, you're kind of on your own. You go do your own thing with your own group of people, your own fun, your own time. And then we have the big party after the fact at a Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Rebel Grace on the south stage. Hairball plays later that night on the north stage, kind of celebrating our party. We're going to have a great time with flyovers and such and a very special guest we're hoping shows up. We got Jesse James Dupree and the band Jackal and a lot of special guests prior to the ride that are going to take place down at Milwaukee Brewing. And then afterwards, we're going to be at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. So just so much good going on regarding this ride and our 15th anniversary, trying to make it bigger and better than ever. Go to FisherHouseWI.org, FisherHouseWI.org, and the events page. Or if you're following on the uh, the Facebook fan page right now or the Bud Light live stream, scan that QR code and get yourself registered. Any one of our stops, whether it's the Umbrella Bar over at the Rock Complex, also down at uh, Alpine Valley or at, at Knuckleheads, they also have the posters. Many of our different participating bars have the posters. Scan the QR code on the poster. It'll take you right to the registration site. Get you registered. You're good to go. Cannot do it. Cannot do it without you and our great sponsors, Great Lakes Dragaway, also Growth Law, the Rock Complex, Alpine Valley, Potawatomi Hotel Casino, Knuckleheads out in Eagle, also Buzzard Billy's, the restaurant out in La Crosse, Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Thanks to them for participating as well. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Glad to have you back. Hey, uh, looking for a weekend getaway as the fall colors start to hit come mid-September and beyond. If you're looking for a great place to go, still a lot of time left, though, uh, to get up and use the uh, UTV and the ATV trails and such. But a great place, that is the Four Seasons, Wisconsin. The Four Seasons on the island in Pembine, Wisconsin, on the Muscano Island, which is just, it's a beautiful place. It's scenic. Uh, If you want to go out and play a round of golf, you can. If you want to go up and uh, enjoy the trails like I had mentioned, you can. If you just want to go up and get away, you can. Get a hold of our girl Barb. Barb at TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com. That's Barb at TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com. Or call her, 715-324-5800, 715-324-5800. But if you want to get the deal, and I've been whispering this to you because it's between you, me, and the fence post. Get the deal. Make sure you use the promo code BillMichaels15. Whether you call or whether you email or whether you go right there on the website and register, the4seasonswisconsin.com, the4seasonswisconsin.com. Use the promo code BillMichaels15. You get automatic 15% off. And you call Barb, and who knows, maybe you get even more. But call her, 715-324-5800. Get a hold of Barb, 715-324-5800. Or email her barb at the4seasonswisconsin.com. Barb at the4seasonswisconsin.com. Good people up there, too. Good, good people at uh, Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. Beautiful Pembine, Wisconsin. Good stuff. Um, Pac fan says you're going to be doing the uh, the postgame show up in Green Bay this year. Going to be in Green Bay this year. You are correct. Going to be, uh, we have a location. And we will be in Green Bay. I'll be in Green Bay for the home games. Going to be uh, actually traveling to a few road games, too, this year. Uh, More than a few. I know we're going to be in Chicago again. I know we're going to be in uh, Minnesota. Uh, We've got more than a few road games that we're going to be going to. So we're going to be at quite a few of the the games. No, we're not going to go to London. Thought about it. uh, Decided against it because we would like to make sure that we do the best experience this year. Again, from Super Bowl and such. And hopefully the Packers are in it. But uh, we've got a lot of good coverage coming up all throughout the season and the huddles and such. So we, we got all of that coming back. Loving it. Loving it. Big time. But uh, but no, not going to be uh, traveling to London this year. Maybe, maybe Mike will. I doubt it. Uh, we haven't uh, fully uh, vetted that yet, but maybe. We'll wait and see. Um, 877-867-1670. With Aaron Rodgers taking a night off, Jordan Love, he played the entire first half. Okay, and again, this goes back to having highs and lows. And Jordan Love had a, had four carries, twenty four yards. Uh, the Pro Football Focus grade he had was a sixty six. And despite throwing the three interceptions, which only one of them was deemed a quote turnover worthy play, uh, and that was Womack's second interception, Love made a beautiful back shoulder throw to rookie Danny Davis down the sideline that resulted in a touchdown. Uh, also displayed some ability to throw his receivers open. Now, this is not something that we've seen specifically in the past. Uh, we saw a, a couple of flashes, and I go back to the one pass last year that he had for Jay Sternberger that I thought, okay, that was throwing a guy open, and Sternberger just missed the ball. Love then replaced by Danny Etling in the second half. And Etling, let's be honest, he outperformed Jordan Love. He ended up posting a 70.8 grade 
to Love's total of 67.4, Etling 6 of 8, 123 yards, a touchdown. He also had one big-time throw, had one turnover-worthy play, but had that big-time throw as well. So, Ben, the reaction, I guess, coming in to you specifically today has been that Etling by far outperformed Jordan Love, correct? Yeah, and uh, I I love you all deeply, but uh, Bill, if I'm being completely honest, open book here, it's really starting to piss me off. (laughs) Tell me why. There is no better person to be in this state on the Monday of a preseason week than the damn third string quarterback. Because for some reason, when they it was Benkert last year, I'm sure it was Tim Boyle the year before Taysom Hill when that happened. When they come in against the four stringers of another team and throw three good passes. Everybody thinks they should immediately be the backup. Mm-hmm. And I maybe I'm higher on what love or what he showed, or maybe my expectations were lower and he then exceeded them. But uh, the whole the whole Danny Etling should be the backup. And, you know, he's really great. He's been moving around the NFL for eight years for no reason thing. I, I, I just I, I don't get it. It's starting to piss me off. Yeah, he has moved around the NFL quite a bit. I went through the list of teams a little earlier for whom he has played. And the list is quite long. It's not a list that you want as a backup quarterback, you know, because in other words, you're a journeyman. You haven't really latched on either one. You haven't been developed properly or two. You have pretty much reached your ceiling when it comes to your overall skills. And let's be honest, you can you can scream to the the highest mountain about Etling and he may show his wares and may end up finding himself finding himself on another team. Who knows? But um in the grand scheme of things, they are not going to replace Jordan Love with Etling. It's just not going to happen. You can yell about it, and I can understand it, like I said to you, and I said on the air, when when you play against the fours and fives and guys that are just trying to make a team, it is what it is, but uh, you may perform. Maybe your talent level is better than the fours and fives. We can't argue that, but it is. is it as good as what you're getting out of Jordan Love? We're never going to find out. So I, I, I agree, uh, but Etling is, is is well as he played, and you give him credit for what – because he can only do what he can do against the people that are up against him. So I, I agree with you, but I as, as much as Etling might have performed well, um, you know, we you, you're not going to see him in any way, shape, or form displace um, – Jordan Love by any stretch of the imagination. So I agree with it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. And uh, the uh, <laughs> our buddy ESPN Steve says, I can't believe that the Bears have not offered multiple number ones for Jordan Love. I I like Justin Fields. If I had to take my druthers right now, who would you rather want, Jordan Love or Justin Fields? I'd take Fields. I think Fields has far more upside. I, I just do. I, I, I think that there's n- numerous different levels of ability. Now, I always question Justice Fields' throwing ability and the mind. So I've always questioned that. But he has proven me wrong along the way, whereas Jordan Love has pretty much proven me correct. So I if I had to take one of the two right now, I'd take Justin Fields over Jordan Love. I mean, I don't know what you would do, but i that's what I would do. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. 
downtown Milwaukee. I am looking forward to Thursday night. Thursday night, why? Because I'm heading down to Calderon Club. Haven't been there in a while. And uh, I got uh, got out and about and was craving some pizza and such. And, you know, when you leave town and you go out to different places, you're always looking for good food. But there is no better Italian food than down at uh, Calderon Club in San Giorgio. Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. And they pair it up with Cider Boys. Uh, when you go in and order the Bill Michaels, whether it's the penne pasta, the sashina, or the, uh, or the pizza over at San Giorgio, either way, Great stuff, and I cannot wait to get down to say hi to Gino and, and Robin and everybody. By the way, they do come along on the ride, too. They support what we do, which is awesome. It works uh, great for everybody. So looking forward to that. If you get downtown, it is Calderon Club, downtown San Giorgio, Napoletana Pizzeria, downtown Milwaukee, Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt. Uh, glad to have you on board. The uh, couple of different things here, kind of uh, some emails to get to that I have not had a chance to really get to and read today yet, but I wanted to. Um, this one's from uh, Joe. Joe says, no way the Green Bay Packers are going to win 13 games again this season. If they win 10, they're going to be lucky. They're going to be on the outside looking in, and when it comes to the postseason, then what? They put all their eggs into this basket for one year with Aaron Rodgers. Not necessarily, Joe. Not necessarily. I mean, Rodgers can come back again next year. They would just have to kind of rework the deal because the amount of money overall he's going to make is going to be astronomical. So, uh, and they'll have some contracts that are coming up that they can extend, and, and but they have kicked that can pretty far down the road. So I don't know if, I, I think Rodgers is here for at least two years, if not all three. I don't think he goes beyond 42 to be honest with you, but that's just my thought. Um, but I, I think it's the next two, three years before they end up, uh, you know, kind of having to figure out what they're going to do after that. And then he goes on to say, and if Jordan Love's not the guy, then who is? That's a Danny great question. Danny <laughs> Is Etling the guy? No, but I would agree with you that they have to. This is that season that you got to figure it out. Has, has there been anything that you have seen or heard from anybody in the media that would lead you to believe that Jordan Love is ready to take over as the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Should Aaron Rodgers, one, go down, or two, decide to call it a career after this season? Let's say the Packers are successful and they win a championship. And Roger says, I'm going out the way I want to go out. That is, on top, my second Super Bowl, more Super Bowl rings than any other Packers quarterback. Not championship, but Super Bowl. So you, you take it. Tying with uh, Bart Starr, more than Brett Favre. Now, he will not appeared in more than Brett Favre, but if he goes two for two in Super Bowl, just, I mean, and then statistically speaking, one of the best technical quarterbacks to ever play the game if he goes out that way i think personally if you win it you come back again you try to do three you know over the next couple of years you try for your third to really set yourself apart but say he wins and he rides off into the sunset is jordan love the guy ready to take over i don't think so but that's a determination the packers have to make I, here's the thing if the packers keep jordan love just because of the pick he was not because of his performance then you don't have a great, a very good general manager. 
which is why there's a lot of telltale signs to all of this coming up at the end of the season. If Jordan Love really performs well and sets the world on fire and everybody starts to go, this is the guy, then okay, you made a good move. And even though the timing of it wasn't great, at least you can appreciate it. If he hangs on to him because of position, and remember, Aaron Rodgers, and this was kind of a backhanded slap towards the organization. I thought more so towards Ted Thompson. Others seem to think it's more so uh, towards Brian Gutekinst. But if, if say, when, remember when Rodgers talked about, well, you know, we know that there's certain people because of their draft position that are on this team uh, because it's the Packers, we, if we've learned if history's taught us anything, or however he put that comment. Some people took it as to say, Jordan Love doesn't even belong here. You picked him high, and you're keeping him on the team. Why? Because of his pick position? He wouldn't even be a backup on many other teams. He wouldn't be a starter on many other teams, yet he's a first-round draft choice. You jumped up to just admit your mistake and move on. Find somebody of quality to back up Aaron Rodgers. That's what the, believe, that's what the conspiracy believers believe. I think it was just because we've seen in the past there's been guys on this team because of their, their placement uh, via Ted Thompson of their draft choice that have kept a roster spot. That's what I took it as. I didn't take it as, you know, Jordan Love doesn't belong here. Did Ben, did you in any way, shape, or form? No. See, I haven't either. But some believe that that's what the slap was, that this guy's not a, he's not a first-round draft choice. He's not even a good quality backup. And the, and the proof is in the pudding, obviously, with what they saw on Friday night and yada, yada, yada. So the question is going to be regarding your general manager at the end of the season. What do they end up doing with him? If he shows you nothing, and yet they still hang on to him and say, this is the guy. And then if they hang on to him and say, this is the guy, and he's not the guy, then obstinance and ignorance will have overtaken what is right and what they should have done to very begin with. And that is just say, you know what? It was wrong. It was a mistake. And then move on. We hope that he works out. Because if he doesn't, then you've got many years of, of just... <laughs> you know, going through the motions, so to speak, and acting as if you're really trying for a Super Bowl when you know it's about quarterback playing the National Football League and therefore you don't have that ability to win consistently because your quarterback play is not that good. I, I'm i going to wait and see. I'm just more interested in what the season brings. So over the next couple of preseason games, we'll see if Jordan Love actually shows us a lot more than what he has. We'll see. Sorry, I'm we'll trying to find videos of Danny Etling interceptions to bring up when people just bring his name up nonstop. It's infuriating. I get it. Dude threw one yeah. lob pass to a running back on a wheel route who ran for 60 yards, which made mm -hmm. half of his stats, and one to Amari Rogers in the flat who then ran 30 yards on a great play into the end zone. People think mm -hmm. he's freaking Kurt Warner. Nope. Like he, should be, like he was stocking store shelves in the Arena League, and all of a sudden he's going to be the next... Hall of Fame champion that's going to, uh, you know, make make everything rise for two different franchises. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, I, I don't mean to to rag on him. I just I, you could tell it's been irritating me today. Mm -hmm. It's every call. Oh, it's chafing you like sandpaper underwear. I get that. <laughs> <sighs> I know you're frustrated. I get it. I get it. Hey, if you're going to be out and about tonight, uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake overlooking Smokey's Bait Shop. Go out there and grab the chef's. I'm in the mood for a chef salad, so I'm, I'm, I might do that tonight on my way to Wausau. I don't know if we're going to be doing the show from Wausau tomorrow or I'm going to go up there after I get off the air tomorrow. I haven't really decided yet. It depends on how just body tired I am. But uh, going to be uh, going to be heading over to uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Not for the pig porker like many of you have. 
But uh, for that chef cell that they have, oh, my God, it's so good. But stop over to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right on Pewaukee Lake, overlooking Smokey's Bait Shop. Still a lot of time to get back, sit back, relax, and enjoy, catch games there, or just enjoy what summer has to offer on the lakefront view. That is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Another segment of the Bill Michael Show yet to come right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice Sunday after Friday night's 28-21 preseason loss to the 49ers. Green Bay still had some trouble on special teams. With Mason Crosby still recovering from knee surgery, place kicker Gabe Burkich shanked a 32-yard field goal attempt in the third quarter that went way, way wide left. Matt LaFleur. He just he tweaked a hammy in pregame warm-up, and you got to give him credit because he continued to to kick out there. That's why we a lot of our kickoffs were the way they were, you know what I mean? Because we're not going to go ask them to unload on a kickoff when when a guy is a, a tweak in his hammy. But the Packers released Burkich and signed another kicker, Ramiz Ahmed, out of Nevada, who spent some time with the Bears in 2020. A bright spot was a 50-yard kickoff return by Packers receiver Amari Rogers, who also scored on a fourth-quarter touchdown pass from third-string quarterback Danny Etling. Making that first touchdown in the league, you know, that's that's really what I've been telling myself, you know, I, I just needed to fill it once just to know what it felt like to make a big play, you know, to turn the team up and, you know, just to, to solidify myself like that. And, you know, it felt good. So, you know, I, hopefully I get a, a chance to make more plays like that. And, you know, um, I made it before, so now I feel comfortable. And the Packers got back three key players on offense off the PUP list. Offensive tackle Elton Jenkins, tight end Robert Tunyon, and rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, who had knee surgery in June after minicamp. Watson says Aaron Rodgers was already in his ear at practice. I had, a, uh, you know, a conversation with 12 earlier today. Um, he was kind of, you know, telling me before, you know, he's going to be hard on me um, just to, you know, make the mistakes now so they don't happen, uh, you know, during the season. So, you know, just be able to go out there and obviously, you know, learn from those things, but, you know, also, you know, have the positive things as well. That's Packers rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. You got the uh, the Dodgers are in town. 7-10 first pitch down at American Family Field. Freddie Peralta on the hill tonight for the crew. Urias goes tonight for the Dodgers. He's 12-6 and six with a 2.49 ERA. He's been just outstanding. Outstanding for the Dodgers. Freddie Peralta got that 4.37 ERA. He's 4-2 on the season. Uh, pitched pretty well since coming back, but... They need a big night from him, and, man, you need the bats to wake up. Need a big crowd down there at American Family Field as well as the Dodgers come a-crawling into town, and they have got a mammoth record. Uh, They are 45 games over five hundred, dominating the National League, and uh, the only team that's really kind of behind them has been the team that's kind of found themselves in a bit of a skid, and that's been the Yankees, but the Yankees have been uh, almost a runaway favorite for the American League as well, so... Uh, tonight, we're going to see what the Brewers are made of in this four-game series coming up against the Dodgers. And I think at the at the worst, you have to ho- have to hope for a split. You know, <laughs> I, I, you can't. Uh, you know, the way the Cardinals are playing right now, man, you get swept by the Dodgers in four games, and the Cardinals win two out of three against Colorado. You find yourself really on the outside looking in with 
uh, just a few more than a few weeks to go in the season. And boy, you got some ground to make up. That's not going to be an easy task by any stretch. And right now you're outside of the wild card. So you're going to have to win the division to find yourself in the postseason. The Brewers better step it up rather quick. They've had opportunities against lesser talent and have blown it. I mean, blown it bad in ugly fashion or errors, the inability to put the ball in play consistently. Uh, just a, a, a myriad of things have cost them uh, just when you thought things were re- really beginning to roll and they just haven't been able to capitalize. So maybe they'll shock the world and turn around and win three out of four against a very hot Dodgers team coming in tonight. So we'll wait and see. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. Now, don't let the name Milwaukee fool you. Uh, they do, uh, you know, the treatments everywhere. Call Michael over at 414-877-5811, 414-877-5811. And why you should choose them, they're safe and effective, whether it's bed bugs or anything creepy crawly that's in your house, or preventative. I keep saying that. If you own numerous buildings, numerous units, and you're an owner and you want to prevent things like this from happening in your buildings, uh, call Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros. They're safe and effective thermal and chemical options, not just one option. They treat uh, and find and kill the eggs of the bugs as well. And discreet trucks and uniforms, they don't show up uh, advertising the fact that you may have an issue. And they have different customized solutions for your situation and, more importantly, for your budget. And whether it's residential uh, and townhomes or multi-unit apartment buildings, condos, dorm rooms, hotels, motels, even medical facilities, they can do it all. So get a hold of our friends at MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. That's MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com or call them directly, 414-877-5811, 5811. Really, really good stuff. Uh, so coming up tonight, you got the Brewers and the Dodgers. We'll talk about that coming up tomorrow. And then tomorrow, you really get into the fact that the Brewers, or excuse me, the uh, Packers, they're going to be taking on the uh, the first of a couple of scrimmages and practices with the New Orleans Saints before their game coming up this weekend. So uh, hopefully, uh, not only do you still see Elton Jenkins and those guys back at practice again tomorrow, and nobody's having any issues or flare-ups and such, Robert Tanya and Christian Watson and, and all of that, but hopefully they uh, really get into some spirited competition. I'm not talking fights, but spirited competition, and it bodes well and gets both teams better, but uh, more so the Green Bay Packers than anything, so we're going to probably get reports from Mike Clemens and company up in Green Bay. Uh, like we had mentioned, the top 25 is out. We'll get national reaction as well as the Badgers are placed at number 18 in the country. Uh, Ohio State number two only behind Alabama. Georgia coming up at number three in that aspect. Uh, and then the rest of it, we'll just kind of piece it all together. And whatever happens to come our way, it'll come our way. Anything for tomorrow, Ben, that we should know of that you've got uh, up your sleeve? Eh, you know, maybe a montage or two. But aside from that, a normal day. Okay. Okay. Unrelated to the talk today, maybe. Uh, no, but there is actually, you mentioned the, the scuffle or the, you know, the high intensity aspect of these practices. There is a rookie, Trevor Penning, the first round pick of the Saints, has been kicked out of practice like three or four times for fighting. So offensive mm-hmm. tackle. Watch out for him. So we got that to pay attention to. Here's just another piece of information, and I, it's more of a reminder than it is something statistically, uh, you know, ominous. But beginning tonight, the Brewers will play seven of their next ten games against the Dodgers. Seven of their next ten. They play four in this series, then a three-game, uh, then a three-game uh, um, series, and then they go go to LA for a three-game series. 
So the Brewers, beginning tonight, will play seven of their next ten games against the Dodgers. This is the gauntlet that will tell you whether or not the Brewers are actually going to be postseason worthy or not, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's obvious, don't get me wrong, but uh, seven of the next ten will be against the Dodgers. That's that's rather ominous, the way they're playing right now. They have three in Chicago, beginning on Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week against the Dodgers before coming. So really... If you want to say after this series, six of your next nine are against the Cubs, because then the Cubs come to town, the Pirates come to town, the Diamondbacks you face along with the Rockies. But you, you kind of have a tough road to go at the end of the season between the the, the uh, Yankees, the Mets, Cincinnati, who's been beaten up on you for the most part, the Cardinals. So got to make some road, man. Got to beat the good teams. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, as they say. Good stuff today. Good to be back. Time for us to get out of here. Have a great rest of the day. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.